Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Tampa International Airport podcast, where we report on a year of being stranded in Florida's finest international airport terminal, like what Tom Hanks did in that film. So this is your hosts, Shane, Shooty Pants Hollister and... Uh, Vincent Vineclemmer Marmite, alias <laughs> Vertvik, alias Victor Marland, alias Duncan Ramrod. What? <laughs> Who's that? I was going to change my name to Duncan Ramrod. I like the sound of it. That's a great name. This is actually the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Welcome, listeners. Uh, we're going to talk about arcade stuff. We are, and you are Sean Holly. I am in the skin, in the beard you breathe in. Yes. Well, tell us what you've been up to since the last time we spoke, which was at Revival, was it not? Yes, two weeks ago today we came back and. I've been having a big event come down. Ooh. You know what that is? You know what that is? It's where you sort of you're on a really high perch and you slide down on a zip wire. Nearly. Yeah. It's when when you've been to a big event and it's been so good or something so good over the weekend and then you're back at work on the Monday and you Ooh. just you've just got this flat feeling and it's it lasted um, for about the better the event, the longer the flat feeling. It was about yeah. Wednesday when I started feeling all right again. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? It's all that excitement mm. going on. You're talking, you're drinking, you're playing games, you're enjoying yourself. You're seeing people you haven't seen for ages. It's the only the only time you really get to see all those people at the same time in one event. Yeah. There's not many that happens in a year, uh, and I'm probably not going to... I'm going to one more this year, I think. Well, that's about it, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mm. mean. I know what you mean. Um, I wish I'd played more games there. That's a bit of a regret there. I only played a few games, and I wish I'd played more, but it was just mainly talking to people and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's the good thing. That's the good thing. That is the main thing about it, isn't it? The community and chatting to people and having a good laugh and that. Absolutely. I was Mm. telling uh, another YouTuber, actually, uh, who finds it quite hard to talk to people because they've got um, anxiety problems. Mm. And I was saying, no, come and come and speak to us. We're a friendly bunch, you know. Come and get on, and we really are. I mean, if anyone's ever at an event and they see one of us two, you know, with yeah. our ten pence t-shirts, and we're quite distinctive. Most people just sort of know what we look like and stuff. Honestly, don't be afraid to come and speak to us. Come and speak to us. We love speaking to people. It's absolutely brilliant. We love hearing your stories. We love hearing about arcade stuff. If you've got any questions for us, any uh, ideas about the podcast, we'd love to hear them. We love to speak to people. It's really nice. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Just come over. We're friendly bunch. We won't bite. You bite sometimes. Yeah, but it's only a nibble. <laughs> it's, only, it's only a very little nibble. Like a little yeah, puppy. <laughs> so... Well, last time we spoke about Revival, we was actually at it still. This was on the Saturday evening, wasn't it? Yes. And then yeah. the Sunday we finished the podcast off. Um, we, we just had breakfast and we just sort of finished the end of the scores off. So 
let's have a bit of a chat about Revival, actually, because we didn't really speak about it too much, and it was such a good event. Mm. Um, so some of the best parts of it for me was, well, obviously the arcade section where we hang out, um, and the cabaret area. Is there a little cabaret area, little machines, which I'm particularly fond of. I'm sure the listeners are getting bored of me here and banging on about cabaret machines now. I really liked Smarty Martin's little cab, which had a scramble multi-hardware in it. Uh, Roger brought a yeah. lovely little bomb jack with him. He'd done a really nice job of and a tiny Mr. Do. I'm not sure if the Mr. Do belonged to Roger, but it was a little tiny machine with a little 13-inch screen. That's quite a nice little machine as well. And I brought my Cubit along, as everyone knows. I think that's arcade clubs, the Mr. Do, I think. I've got a feeling it is as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, Flinster, uh, Roger and Smarty's Dino King area. They had a long, long line of Dino Kings. Those little machines that people convert into Jamba machines. Mm, uh, some good. really nice little converted machines there, running some very colourful games, which really suit the machine. I particularly like Demon Front running on two Dino Kings, so two people can play together on their own machine with controls each. Now, this was a prequel to the Metal Slug series which I did not know anything about. I was talking to Flinster about it. I think you knew about that already, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you can tell. It's very, it's not very similar. It's quite similar. But oh, the, yeah. There's like there's nice sort of characters in the animation and that. But the thing is, it's not just a straight run and gun, you know, with sort of a shoot, bomb, and jump. With your characters, there's there's different parts. I think you can, in the game you've got a pet, and the pet can give you different abilities. I think it sometimes puts a bubble around you. You can fly, you can jump higher. All different mechanics you use with the game. It seems a very very clever game. We'll have to get to that one day and cover that because we've done a Metal Slug before, haven't we? Do we do X or do mm. we do Five? I can't remember. We did X, which is a, ver- a sort of a better version of Metal Slug Two. Yeah, it's really like a remix, that. isn't it? Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. game to play. Also, uh, Martin Laws, Smarty Martin, his uh, Asteroids Dino King was there, which is an exemplary piece of kit because it's actually got full-on Asteroids Vector hardware in it, Vector monitor, uh, proper power supply, proper actual PCB, arcade PCB in it, and it runs very, very nicely. It's a lovely machine. Yeah, it's great to play that. Did you get to play Roger's Ice Cold Beer that was there? Yes, yeah. I played that, uh, and also, which was nice of him to bring, uh, was a welcome comeback from that. And also, Jim Watt's beautiful Pollinator. Did you see that? Yeah. The Pollinator was a homemade Ice Cold Beer clone, but it had a, um, a sort of bee theme to it. This had to be seen and played to be believed. Uh, Jim created this electric mechanical ice clone beer clone himself with a little help from his mum's artwork on the control panel and play area. Uh, and he's also thinking about releasing a kit for this. So I did ask him about it because I'd love to make myself one of those. It's a really nice little thing. And I actually had a look around the back of it. And it's not a very deep machine. Because mm. if you think about it, it's just like a sort of play area with sort of holes in it where the ball can go in and out. And then behind it, it's just switches and lights. So it's not very deep at all. I think it runs off an Arduino or a Pi. I can't remember what he said now. It was a little, you know, one of those little all-in-one computers. So it'd be he's quite an easy clever, thing to make. You know? Oh, he's very, very clever. And we'll get onto some of his other stuff later on. Uh, Alex's Nintendo manner. This is manner. <laughs> Come around here, mate. You bring Mario not coming in. Not I me. <laughs> so he had a super rare sheriff, his sheriff, which I've seen loads of times and not a lot of people would have seen. Um, a Sky Skipper which is his project from last year as well. He brought his red tent. Uh, all the usual DK sort of cabinet suspects were there, and a few a few cool Nintendo tables, including Alex's newest edition, Helifire, which we had a go of. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy Helifire. It's quite a good little game. It's only a simple little kind of Space Invaders sort of clone, but it's a good little thing, isn't it? Very Nintendo. 
Yeah, it's, it's a nice kind of feel to it. It's, it's I always find it quite difficult playing on the cocktail tables because especially that that had a four way stick. Yes, you can go up and down. Sorry, as well. eight eight way stick. Sorry, didn't yes, it? you can go up and down and in and out and left and right and. And I was struggling with the with the diagonals on that, but I was getting the hang of it. Yeah, because when sometimes when you they drop some of the bad helicopters drop a depth charge, it goes across the screen. You get loads of them going, and you can just nip in between diagonals. If you miss it, you get blown up. Mm. Uh, I love. I always love speaking to the lovely listeners, like we said earlier. Yeah. Uh, who mostly festooned upon us many biscuits. Oh God! Which are now a get. distant OT memory. They're all gone. <laughs> I think I've got some dark chocolate digestives left and a few of those uh, Australian hundreds and thousands ones. Not many. Uh, but we always have time to chat and listen to ideas and stories. Uh, we did a last minute and incredibly late podcast mashup with Maximum Power Up and Retro Asylum. Mm. Uh, it was too late to do, really, but we sort of carried on with it. We shouldn't. We should have cancelled it, really. But as the previous talks overran... Uh, we sort of got into it, and there was a, some developer there from back in the day joined in on the podcast uh, on the subject of the Spectrum Next we were speaking about, and basically moaned on about stuff for about half an hour before leaving for a train, yeah. which was uh, interesting. Uh, the conversations really got flowing after he went, and then I enjoyed the, that part of it. Uh, shame it was so late, really, because we didn't get many many punters. They've already left, so there's a lot of our mates come down to listen to, but um, yeah, there wasn't too many people listening, but I think they all... They re- realised it had been cancelled or it wasn't going to go on. Um, yeah, this was it all. Was a... Sorry, it was about. I think it started about quarter to four, didn't it? And the place actually closed at four. Yeah, yeah. But it, they kept there was no one left for us. Because when yeah, we finished, we were still talking about our five, weren't we? Like yeah, that. when we'd left, um, most of the cabs had been taken out, and I had to go and get my Cuba in the car. So luckily, Alex sort of jumped me through. The, there was a bit of a waiting list, and Alex jumped me in quick because he knew I only had one cab to, to go and get going. So it's very nice of him. Thank you, Alex. Uh, but Retro Asylum was uh, conducted the proceedings on that day. That was good, and mm-hmm. they recorded it all. Uh, I think it's going to be out for a podcast, but I'm not sure yet. I haven't, I haven't seen it been released. But I'll look out for that. So if people want to listen mm-hmm. to us talking about stuff. Uh, also, another thing I in- enjoyed at Revival was the, the CMP stroke Jim Watt stroke Chris Binary style Vectrex section. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. It blew my tiny mind to see a Vectrex being used to display vector games running on an external computer. Uh, so it was on its side playing Black Widow, Star Wars, Space Duel, all of those magical games. It's really, really mm. cool. It doesn't stutter or anything because you're only using the Vectrex for its screen. Mm. But I think before long, it was, it was using a, a heavily modified Vec Fever attached to an external computer, obviously running Vector MAME. But I think before long, they'll be developing maybe a Pi Zero to go in the cartridge so you won't need to have an external computer for it. That would be brilliant. Oh, that would be so cool. So cool, wouldn't it? I've got my Vec Fever. Uh, I picked it up off CMP, Chris, at the, the, on the day, and I've been really enjoying it. It's so good. I'm going to talk about a little bit of that later on in the pickups, but, yeah, it's been really, really good. That is a brilliant cartridge for Vectrex. It's easily, easily the best multi-cartridge for the, for the, for the Vectrex. Right. Anything else you particularly liked about Revival? No, I think as I said, it's just just the chatting to the people. We just spent so much time talking to everybody, and as I've said loads of times, I'm so lucky to be near arcade club where I can play all these modern, uh, not modern, all these old games. Yeah, and the modern all, games though. Yeah, that's probably what you're thinking about with arcade club. They're getting a lot of new stuff in, aren't yeah, they? All the time, so it doesn't really bother me a lot 
when I'm misplaying these games because I know they're not that far away and I can go Absolutely. and play them, So Yeah, yeah. So, well, I've got mine in the garage as well, so I can sort of play quite a few. I know what you mean. Mm, it's, it was an absolutely awesome event. I loved it. Mm. Any other stuff you've been up to then, apart from that? Oh, yes. Oh, go on, I have been moon, I've been moonlighting, Vic, on the Arcade Perfect podcast when we were talking about 1942 Ooh, with yes. Daz and Tagster, and I made up some trivia for the game. I just made some stuff up and said it. No, no, there were stone-cold facts. I'm sure of it. I enjoyed that podcast immensely. I listened to it the other day at work. It's brilliant. You like it? Yes, yeah, cool. I'm going to put a link into that so everyone can go and listen to it. Very nice. Oh, I found, I was tidying this room up in today, uh, I found another major title PCB, which I've now since converted into R-Type again. I was tidying the hobby room up and just found it tucked away on a shelf. I'd forgotten I even had it. Uh, it's, always, it's been promised to someone already. Mm. They want it already. So I can, I'm, I'm going to try, I've got one working on R-Type 1 with a ROM swap, R-Type 2, and a little jumper swap. I'm going to try and get it working with Dragon Breed as well. That's a good little game. Oh, that is good. Yeah. yeah. So, so I always get that one. Sorry, I always get that one. And is it Saint Dragon mixed up? Well, there's, there's Dragon there's Saber as well, which is a vertical game. Yeah, there's a few Dragon games. Yeah, it's one of the good ones though. What's the one where you're a little man and you can jump off the dragon? Is that Dragon Breed? I think it is. Yeah, he jump off, go along the ground, get the power up, and jump back on the dragon. I think it is. Yeah, because I think Dragon Breed is the one where you can wrap the dragon around yourself to protect yourself. Mm. Oh, it's a good little game. Yeah, similar hardware to R Type, obviously. Uh, my Time Pilot PCB, which is running in the same machine as a Scramble Multi Hardware on a Jammer Switcher, has died. Boo. Idiot thing. It's just got stripy lines on the screen. I put it on the other day, because I was th- testing another uh, something out in the machine, unplugged it, plugged it back in again, put it back on, stripy lines. Idiot, stupid machine. <laughs> I hate it when stuff breaks down. I haven't played that for ages, and all of a sudden it's broken down. don't know what's wrong with it. I tried a few... Reseating the chips. I haven't read the EPROMs out yet. That could be a problem. I'll do it later on, but I'll have a look at it. Yeah, how annoying. Oh, I've also been making up um, some small circuits on Perfboard to make custom Vectrex controllers. Right. I'm going to make an Asteroids button layout. You know, you've got left, right, thrust, fire, and hyperspace buttons, like on an original Asteroids machine. Because yeah. on the Vec Fever I've got, it's got, there's got two games on there. They're not actually called Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe, but... They are exact clones of Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe. They're really, really well done. And you normally play them with the four buttons on the Vectrex controller. They've got one and two, which are left and right, three and four, which is thrust and fire. And if you just tap the joystick in any direction, that's your hyperspace. So I've actually used this little tiny, it's only a little tiny 7x11 perf board. I think it's got six or eight resistors on it. That's all it uses. I think it's eight resistors and some wires hanging off it. You should plug into the D-plug in the Vectrex controller, and you can pl- put, you know, you can wire up some buttons for it or a joystick or whatever, a digital joystick. So what I'm going to do with the same circuit, I'm going to use two of them with two control wires to make a twin stick up because there's another game on there called Robot Arena, which is basically very similar to Robotron on the Vectrex, but right. it, it really does need two joysticks. It's so good with two joysticks, and it's really easy to make these little things up. I've made a little mock-up. Um, panel for the five button thing but i haven't done the the twin stick yet i'm going to do that very soon but i've ordered a box an enclosure box with a slight angle on the front of it to sit all this lot in and i'll see what they oh, look I saw like that. Yeah. yeah so that's um pretty good really enjoying that and i've also 
Talking about Vectrex and arcade games on the Vectrex, I've ordered another game, which is the full-on box cartridge overlays, instructions and everything, called Stramash Zone. Did you play that when you was at Chris's table? Very briefly, yeah. Is that, is that another one that Jim's done? It's another one that Jim's done. Uh, and this is basically a Battlezone clone. So mm. that's going to need the two joysticks as well. Uh, you can ava- get this available at www.clockworkrobot.com. Oh, like Jim is a, a like genius. A that geezer. I like a clockwork robot. So do I. Other stuff, <laughs> other stuff, Mister. Yes, arcade club as ever. And last night, Batcave, the Batcave monthly Blackburn meet. Oh yeah, what was going on? What was the theme? The theme was Tetris. Oh okay, cool. It was Puyo Puyo Tetris, but oh. they switched they switched that bit off. So just playing Tetris. Is this the and Switch doing... version? Oh, sorry, the modern yeah. version. I've got it on Switch. Yeah, I was doing all right, and then. I don't know what happened. I like my brain stopped working. <laughs> that happens that, every time we do a podcast. Have you noticed that? It as well? does. And then all the blocks get falling. I'm thinking I'm, I should be twisting these, and I just died. I <laughs> should don't know be what moving happened. these. I, I really I enjoy Tetris games. Tetris, Puyo Puyo. Uh, what was the other ones? There's a few on the Neo Geo. Uh, there's the Sega one. Columns. I love those Column. games. I really enjoy them. Mm. Love them a lot. We did that. Did that Doctor Mario, didn't we? Doctor Mario is also a very good game. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Also, the, the highlight for me of the Batcave was this game called Winky Blinky, right? Winky Blinky. Go on. Um, I'm all on the Commodore 64. Is it a so new one or an old one? It's a new one. And oh, it's cool. just a, stat- a static picture of this old, like, it looks like Groucho Marx, this old kind of comedian with, a, like, a bowler hat on. Yeah. And you've got a joystick. It's just left and right, this joystick. That's all you need. If he winks with either his left or right eye, you go left on the joystick. If he blinks, both eyes go down. You go right. Okay. And that is that is the game. That is it. Right. So you start playing and you get into the zone because he, he blinks with left or right eye. So you just, you just got to concentrate. And I was doing really well. I beat everyone else. I got 157 points. And then this like nine-year-old lad came down, <laughs> sat on it and got 200 points. Wow. You, you just got to be like properly focused. But it's just real, a real sort of So if original... he blinks with his left eye, you go left on a joystick. If he blinks with his right eye... You still go left. Oh. And if he... Blinks if he... twice, you go right. Yeah. If, oh, if that he would winks... mess me up. If he winks, that's why it's called Winky Blinky. Winks is left or right, yeah. you go left. If he blinks, both eyes go down, oh, you go right. That would really mess me up. Because I'd be going gonna... left for the left eye and right for the right eye. I know, yeah. Is that, is that the idea like... of it, where it messes you up? Yeah. Oh, no. I couldn't do that. Messes I'd get annoyed with that. Oh, sounds fun, though. Yeah. yeah. And Lewis has also now purchased a massive CRT projector. Oh, yeah. I saw that in our little messages. So he's, he's been, saying he's been it playing like, yeah. riding on, on like someone's side of the house. It can go up to 25 foot, this thing. <laughs> 25 massive. feet, 7 metres wide. And it's it, it, he shrunk it down so it was about the size of one of the back of walls. And it was playing right. duck hunt. And because it's a CRT, you can use the light gun games. How does that work? I don't know. Because it's, not, it's it. not a tube glass face you're projecting on. It's a wall or whatever. Yeah. I asked him, and he did explain, and then it, it, it fell out of your head again. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, the next time I come up to visit you or, or uh, Arcade Club or whatever in the north, we're going to have to go there, and I want to have a look at that. That sounds interesting. It's really weird how it works. I, I didn't get when he said it's a CRT projector. I was like, what? What, it projects onto a CRT? I didn't know what he meant by that. I, was, I thought he was on about rear projection TVs for a minute, 
I went, no, no, mm. it's, a, it's a big one because he was projecting on a wall. That is a bit weird, isn't it? Lewis, write in, mate. Tell us what how that works. I'm I'm quite interested about that. It's it's about the size of an industrial lawnmower. Oh wow! And it's seventy five kilos. Lewis does like buying stuff, doesn't he? It's <laughs> worth he, it. He got it for like a fraction of the price. Like it was twenty grand in the nineteen nineties, and he Lord. got it for like I don't know fifty quid or something. Well, you, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be able to put that down either. But yeah, I'll have that. Thank you. And he's bought two, just in case. He's got another one. <laughs> well, take, oh, I just thought of something. Imagine if you had a big enough wall, right? Like a street wall. You could have yeah. two running together and play Darius on the side of a house. Because yeah, it runs two could. screens. Or, yeah, you could, or, or balloon fight or something. One side of a house. Oh, and that on a billboard, even better. Arcade billboards. It's, Ooh. it's great. It's great. These matters a balloon. I love it. Well done, Lewis. Arcade news. Have you seen Arcade Mixer in our notes? No, I haven't. Have you not? Well, no. This is um, it's a game that someone's made themselves, just like an indie developer, and it it mixes different games together. I'm not sure if they're they must be licensed because they wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. So it's got you can have things like Tetris meets Space Invaders, uh, Pac Man and Snake, uh, Pong now, Frogger. Yeah. It actually works, and there's eight games available on it. I downloaded this. It's a free download from itch.io. I got it on the Mac, and it runs really slowly, which is a bit of a pain. It's a good idea, let down by the programming in it. I'm not sure why it runs so slowly, because I've got a reasonably modern computer. I'm not sure why it's going so slow. Because you can play... One of the ones I was playing is a Pong game, like an Arkanoid kind of game, Breakout. And you, you fire... An asteroid ship. So you go left and right with your bat at the bottom. When it goes above behind the rocks, you can actually turn the asteroids around and fire. You can turn the ship around and fire at the blocks when you're bouncing around. It's a really clever idea. But when the ball, ball, which is your your vector ship, comes back down, it's so slow, your left and right bat, you can't get to it on time. So it kind of let itself down a little bit. But the idea is really clever. Someone should develop that a bit more. Hmm. Well, I've got some news from the Drisk, Paul Drisk. The Drisk. The Drisk. Uh, Last year, he released a book called Video Game Years, Press Start, The Birth of Video Games up to 1977. And I helped him with the arcade research on this because I have this spreadsheet of like every game ever. You do like a spreadsheet up to 1980, but it isn't complete because I've found stuff since then to put in. Mm -hmm. But. He's, he's released it for free. Um, it, it's you no longer have to buy it. So I think I bought it. it when it came out. You know, it wasn't very much to buy when it comes in a couple of quid, wasn't it? Yeah. We have a link in the show notes where everyone can get that. So everyone get that. Go and read it. It's good. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's Especially really good. your bits. Yeah, my bits are the best, to be honest. Or not. Anyway, guess what? Hey, 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 Vic, 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 mm-hmm. Vic, Vic. Are you going to impress when- me? or Are you going to let me down? This is good, this. When I was at Arcade Club speaking to Eugene Jarvis in February, you know, the William Defenders Players Unite. Yeah, he just dropped in from America. He did, didn't he? And he, I was talking to him about, like, Defender and that, and I thought I'd ask him about his modern games, you know, and he was telling me mm-hmm. all about Space Invaders, Frenzy, and Jurassic Park. And he did tell me what his next game was going to be. Yeah. But I couldn't say. But now it's out. And the next game is... I've forgotten. Oh, no, Halo. It's pretty forgettable. <laughs> it's Halo called Halo 
Halo big pants. No, Halo like with that. big guns. Yawn. Big pants. Halo fire something. something uh, fire, fire team. Fire team Raven. Ravens. That's it. Not eagles. Ravens. So it's a gun game, but it's based on a Microsoft IP. And <sighs> there you go. But I knew Vic, and they're good. I knew. Yeah, you knew. Wow. It's a four-player <laughs> gun game on huge screens. It, look, it looks lovely. I mean, it's really clever graphics, the high res, 4K, all this business. I think, I think it's two screens. But it's just a gun game. You could have done a lot more, surely. You can't in modern arcades, can you? Do you know you? what? I have never, ever played Halo, ever. I don't get gun games. I really don't. It's Halo is a third-person shooter, for goodness sake. Mm. So why have they made yeah. it into a gun game? It's not a gun game or a driving game nowadays, isn't it? That's about all you get. Yeah, I, I suppose it'll appeal. It's like these big, what we were on about last time, these big, brash, massive machines that, yeah. you know, you can't you can't get the experience in the, in your own home. So they're making them big and bright. And The only place you can really play them is down the seaside in a big arcade or a big leisure centre or something. They're not really going to have these in, in old school arcades. Like, I can't really see it working in Arcade Club. Well, you never know. I expect it's going to be a very expensive machine. It needs to earn its keep, so you've got to be putting pound coins in it, or two two mm. pound coins in it even, if it's that big. Yeah. Yes, you knew about it. It's come out boring. <laughs> Sorry, it is. It's just not interesting to me. It really isn't. Um, yeah, it's I hope right, it does well, because I like Eugene Jarvis. He's awesome. Mm. Uh, new Richie Knuckles arcade. I think he moved premises. Uh, still in New Jersey, in America. Uh, it's a shaky hand cam run around what looks like a really well-stocked arcade in New Jersey. It does look good. Mm. So next time I go somewhere near New York, which we do now and again, we've got friends in Long Island, I need to go there, just like a day trip out there. But I don't think it was ready last time I was in New York. So I would have gone there otherwise. Is it a Long Island or is it just like a normal island? It's quite long. Is it? Hence the name, silly. Oh, excellent. And this is not good news. Rest in Pixels, Ted yes. Dabney. This is from Atari Businesses in his fun Facebook page. We're at a loss. We just got word that our friend, one of the nicest, sweetest, down-to-earth guys we knew, Atari co-founder, Ted Dabney, has passed away from cancer. We thought he still had a bit more time. You always wish someone like him did. So he was instrumental in starting up Atari with Nolan Bushnell. So yeah, started a legacy, really. that guy. Yeah, yeah, really shame. But shame. Yeah. Another arcade thing, more technical bit, uh, ROM Patcher version 3 is now out. This is a patching program for a ton of arcade ROMs to do various cool things to existing game PCBs. A lot of the patches are to alter code very slightly to allow games safe with special RAM ICs. Also allows other games to be run on existing hardware. R-Type is an example on major title PCBs. Uh, you can get it on UK VAC Forum in the Arcade Homebrew section. Talking about arcade forums... Jammer Plus is supposed to be closing very soon. This is one I, I went on years ago, and I sort of come off there, went on to UK back and sort of stayed there, really. But Jammer Plus is going to be ending very soon. After I've years that, and yeah. years of being about. So I think what's going to happen, uh, Some hopefully some of the information on there will still be, be able to get be got at, because there's some good technical things on there, and obviously some decent, um, decent segments and, and th- subjects on there that people have written about and obviously not sometimes they're on UK back as well but some of them aren't uh, hopefully we'll get them to them still and I think a lot of the Jammer Plus people will be coming to UK back so welcome on board you lot mm. yeah it's a shame that but you know I think he's, he's very well whoever 
runs it, they're very busy, aren't they? So it's, it's yeah, they've been for a long time. It takes a lot of work. So yeah, not not that's very understandable. Arcade pickups. Now I spoke about this a little bit earlier. My Vec Fever cartridge, which is a homebrew made multi cart. You can add games to it, just like you just plug it into your computer and just use it as a as a basically a an SD card drive or whatever, or a memory stick, put Vectrex games on there, and it plays brilliant Vectrex games. With a really nice menu system, but it's got some games on there you can't get anywhere else. It's got the two, the Asteroids and the Asteroids Deluxe clones, and obviously mm. the Robot Arena game, which is very like Robotron. It's also got yeah. a game called 2048, which is a twos game. It's like a puzzle game that's on the mobile phone. My wife plays it on the mobile phone a lot. And it's a really oh, cool little game. That. You move the twos, and when they hit another two, it makes four. And when you get two yeah. fours together, it makes eight, and you just keep going like that. It's a real fun little game. I think there's some other games on there as well. I think you can you can still play Minefield on there as normal, which is the built-in game on the Vectrex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing is really, really good. The guy who made it is an absolute genius. There's so many cool things on it. You can, like... I think it also, with existing games... You know there's only, like, 28 to 30 original Vectrex games ever came out? Yeah. This... This cartridge, when you play those games from a ROM on there, it can save the, the game scores into its memory. So you, you won't lose your scores, which you could never do on a Vectrex, which is really clever. And right. loads of other stuff as well. It's really cool. Uh, I bought two mystery PCBs at Revival on the Sunday, which I didn't talk to on the last one. Uh, right. I did a ROM identical because I didn't know what they were. And the guy who sold me them sold them for a very, very good price. Didn't know what they were either. So I said, I'll take a chance. I'll give you some money for them. And the ROM I didn't, I took a ROM out and, and checked it in my burner, and one of them is Jungle King. Oh, yeah. And the other one is Cycross. Have you ever played Cycross? Is that that motorbike, futuristic yeah. motorbike It's not thing. a bad little game, actually. So I've got, I had, to, at the time, to make a very rudimentary adapter for Cycross, uh, just to check it, and I did, and it looks like the game runs okay. I, did, I just did the power, power lines, ground lines, and the video. And it comes up on the screen and starts playing through the track mode. I've got to wire up the sound and controls and everything and, and see if it works. But it looks pretty good. Um, mm. I'm not going to make an adapter up for Jungle King because it's got like three different edge connectors on it. Because it's an, old, an older Taito one which had different lettered edge connectors. But Ian Ski has the Jungle King cab, remember? Mm. So one day I might have to go and visit him. He's already said it okay if if it's if we can get the times work it out together uh, to go up there and try it in his cab because I think he's got a little bit of a problem with one of his with the PCB in his cab at the moment so he might actually have it off me I don't know yet but it'd be nice to see if that works as well great little game Jungle King me and Charlie Farr playing it at Arcade Club it's it's a bit I don't know it's not I really like it. I don't know it's not quite it doesn't flow quite well you know I it's think a bit the clunky, bit on the... it's quite old. Yeah, I think the bit on the ropes is good. The the crocodile bit's not great, and jumping over the rocks is a bit. Do you know why? Nice. Pink crocodiles well. are deadly. Have a crocodile smile. Clean your teeth every day. Are they? Yeah. Oh, Man, them crocodiles. <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Snoop Dogg doing Plazanet Earth? No. When we finished on here, go on to Tube Face mm. and just put Plazanet Earth in. It's basically Snoop Dogg. They put him in front of planet Earth, various clips from planet Earth, and they just let him do some commentary on it. <laughs> it's really good. Especially the one with the mongooses. Yeah, it's really right. good. It's really funny. I'll tell you what I found on YouTube. 
It's an Australian series that they've put on YouTube called Wizard of Oz, A-U-S. Oh, yeah. And it is completely bonkers and hilarious. There's only six episodes and only like 15 minutes each. Okay. But it's called Wizard of Oz. Uh, me and my son were just in hysterics watching it. It's just <laughs> fantastic Australian humour in it. Cool. I also used to play um, Jungle King on the Atari 8-bits, which is a really good version on cartridge, because a friend of mine had about five or six cartridges. Mm. That's the only cartridge I ever played back in the day. And he had one of those, and that's a really good little game. I also got a butthole joystick. I beg your pardon. Oof, what's that? Sorry, buttonhole joystick. I got it off the yeah. same guy as the PCBs at Revival, the Belgian guy. Uh, this is to make uh, a new two-stick panel for my Scramble hardware multi-machine, because I need it for rescue and minefield. This joystick, basically, there's no mounting holes for it. Normally, you've got four holes in the panel, which you bolt the thing through. This thing, you twist the bottom of the, of the joystick off with the micro switches on, and it's got it's got like a a clamp nut on the bottom, and you just put the thing through a standard hole sized button sized hole, put the clamp on the bottom and twist the bit back on, and you got a joystick. Wow, it's really good, good little thing actually, because you've got no holes in top, so it looks really neat, and they're quite nice little joysticks. They're four and eight way uh, movable gates as well, so I'm gonna do that new one for that because the the little Nintendo joysticks that I've got in there at the moment are great for the two-way games uh, and not bad for the eight-way games, but the four-way games, they're a bit they're not so good on. You need a four-way proper gate, so you can just twist, put your arm inside and twist it around. Mm. Uh, more stuff I've been buying. I've been buying a bit lately. Uh, a rescue marquee from America. I saw it on American eBay and bought it, and it's got a little mini marquee. It's a floppy marquee, but it's mm. not very often you see rescue ones. I do love rescue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably mount it in a board with a little light behind it, put on the arcade wall. Oh, nice. Uh, nine-pin D-plug extension cables to make Vectrex custom controllers. Because you need the, D, the D-plugs. You've also got to chop one end off because you need all nine wires in a Vectrex controller. A lot of mm-hmm. the Atari-compatible joysticks have only got seven wires wired up, and you need all nine for a Vectrex. And those extension cables have got that. I also went to, the other day, yesterday, I went to the New Malden, which is just outside Kingston, Maplin shop. You know Maplin's are closing right down over the UK. Yeah, if our foreign listeners are worrying about what Maplin is, it's sort of like um, electronic shop, not too good, mm. not too informed, expensive, and they're closing down because basically they're not very good. Um, and it was the last few days they're getting rid of everything. They're selling the tables, chairs, computers, carpets, light fittings, everything. They're selling everything, and I've got <laughs> a bunch of wire which I use for making various things up. Nine pin D sub housings for connectors, a couple of kettle leads. Um, for practically nothing. It was like £6.80 for the whole lot. I've got a ton of stuff. And normal prices from Maplin, that would be about 50 quid's worth of stuff. Really? They, they used to be really expensive. It's no wonder they've, they've closed down, really, to be honest with you, this day and age. Mm. Well, you yeah. can get something from Amazon or eBay and deliver it in two days. Why would you go to Maplin and pay five times the price for it? Crazy. Yeah, it's just, I've heard it's just like an emergency thing. Like uh, James RGP used to use it if he's at an event and something yeah. happened, like a power supply went, go to Maplin, pay three times the price, but yeah. the game keeps but running at the event. There. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I used to do it. If I, if I wanted some resistors or something or a potentiometer, I can get like 10 off of eBay for like two quid. And you go down Maplin, they're two ninety nine each. But if you need it right there and then, you can get it. And there's, there's a few local to me as well. Mm. One more thing that I've not got just yet, I've got to get it next Saturday, is a 29-inch monitor for that cab of yours, son. Oh! 
Basically, Excellent. Benson Rad offered up. He got, a, I think he went on a little mini raid, or he got some bits and bobs from an operator, and he got a 29-inch monitor. I think it's just a Wii R one, a Chinese chassis one. And he offered it up for free, and Stryker had it off of him on UK VAC. And I said to him, oh, no, I need one of those for Holly's cab. And and both of them said, oh, if you, Benson Rad said, if you ask Stryker, he might give it up. And Stryker said, yes, you can have it, which is lovely from both of them. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, so yeah. I've got to go, and go down to the seaside, down Eastbourne, next Saturday, and pick it up. Brilliant. Nice little day out as well. We'll take the dog with us, have a wander around, mm. go on the beach. Lovely. The Eagle Beagle. Eagle Beagle, yeah, he's a mad mm. dog, that is. He loves it. He started doing this new thing now where when he, yeah. when we go down to, there's a lot of heaths and parks and areas around where we live. We take him and just let him off the lead and he runs around like a mad thing. And when he finds another dog and they're playing, they're chasing each other, he does this new thing now. When he, when he chases them, he does this little yippy noise. When he chases, it is hilarious. We got it on video earlier. It's really funny. Even him yip when he's chasing another dog. Excellent. He's a stupid but very good dog. <laughs> Listener feedback. We've got quite a lot of feedback. Quite yes. a lot. I think people enjoyed our game this week. Mm. Which is nice. So the first one is Matt Neo MK. Evening Victor and Sean. Sorry I forgot to mention about a possible idea for the show. Uh, BBC Micro Arcade Conversions. This is on the BBC B computer which is a very mm. popular home computer in the 80s on the, in the UK. Uh, sounds a bit specific, but the BBC had some of the best early arcade conversions going. He has a point. Have a look at Snapper, which was Pac-Man. Rocket Raid was the best scramble conversion out there. Wonderfully quick. Killer Gorilla, which is Donkey Kong, obviously. Super Invaders, uh, excellent Space Invaders clone. Mr. E. That's the northern Mr. Do, isn't it? Mr. Mr. E. 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 up. Uh, Hopper, which was Frogger. Arcadians, which was Galaxians, which is a good game. Uh, Firetrap, which is a Star Force game. I, look, I think I've got that on my Beeb. Uh, he says, I'm not sure how it would work exactly, but if only for people to try a BBC emulation. Or better still, the real thing with an SD drive. It's a lovely bit of kit. I've got one. It is. The above list all look, sound, and play amazingly well. But I have to, agree with, I have to disagree with one thing he said. Rocket Raid mm. isn't the best Scramble clone out there anymore. When was it Revival? Richard Broadhurst showed me his new homebrew he's working on. It's not quite finished yet, but this is a Scramble clone. And it's really, really good. It looks exactly like the arcade. Exactly. Oh, you know how good that, that guy is at these, cl- these uh, remakes he does. He's really, really good. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, next bit of feedback. Kingy from RGDS is said, Vicorny Weaver and the versus the Ailey Sean. This is Aliens. He said, like Sean, I always pronounce Cavalon as Cavalon. Does anyone really know what it is? I think he did like a He did a little a poll Twitter on poll. Twitter. Yeah, I, I do say Cavalon because it reminds me of Camelot, which yeah. is where the game is kind of based, isn't it? No, it's based on a computer screen. It's Cavalon, you idiot. Ca- no, it's Cavalon. And I voted 78 times, so it's definitely Cavalon. <laughs> Darren Coles. Damn it. Got a bit behind on my podcast and only just listened to the last one and found out you're playing Aliens, one of my go-to games. Grr, no biscuits for you. Darren, Ooh. it's not our fault if you missed out. Maybe Neil it is. 20 to five. Mm. Neil 20 to 5, watch out for Alan's bum neck. What's he on about? In Aliens, there's that baddie alien at one of the end of one of the levels. It's got a bit of a bum neck. Ah, and yeah, the neck falls yeah. off. It looks like a... <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, here's an idea. I got some feedback when I was talking to someone at Revival. I can't remember his name now. Please write in because it was a really good idea. Uh, he's going to be doing a podcast, possibly with his brother, and he was asking me some questions about podcasting, which I was happy to help him with. Basically, he's going to be the High Score Jotters podcast. He's got a much better name than that. I can't remember what it is. But basically, when he was a kid with his brother, they used to go to different arcades. There was one in the taxi rank, he was saying. There was one in a video shop. And they used to play different games. And he used to take little jotters with them, actual physical paper jotters. And they used to write down their scores. And when they went home, they used to do a little sort of homemade database, actually on paper. Spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. Yeah, on paper, like you like, of all their scores. Mm. And they still got them. Yeah. And because both of them are bit memory men, they remember what music was playing in there, what was on the walls, what was on the video shelves. And it, I think it's going to be a great idea to do a podcast. And I will certainly be tuning in when he does it. So I'm looking forward to that. So thank mm-hmm. you. I've forgotten who you are. Please tell me your name and, and write in. Could be Dave. It was Dave probably somebody. a Dave, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of Daves. Hmm. Anyway, Oliver Alpha One, he said, has any of you tried Nichibutsu's Armed Formation F? I love that game. I can't get the, the original PCB for love nor money. I did play it. I hadn't played it before this. Hmm. And it's another one of the Terra Cresta style of games where you, it's got a formation button, you know, yes. where you can... You, you get different and, weapons fly out of you, yeah. Yeah, your ship splits up. And it's it's quite, it's along that line, you know, Terra Cresta and... There was one after that, Dangar UFO or something. It's, yeah, I've yeah, heard of those it's, games. It's, seems pretty good. Oh, cool. Well, if Ol mm. can't get hold of one, no one can get hold of one. He's no. pretty good. He's got a massive collection. Uh, we had quite a few comments in form of National Biscuit Day, which was the 29th of May. Did you have a biscuit mm. on National Biscuit Day? Loads. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and there's a biscuit link. I'll put it in the show notes. Trollnads. Uh-oh. Oh, Trollnad strikes. He's put, the new 10 pence arcade podcast is out. Learn about Sean Holly trying to play real life Frogger in Blackpool and Victor Marlin kid himself that his t-shirts are shrinking in the wash and he's not just putting on weight. I'm actually, <gasps> I'm actually losing weight. Oh, yeah. Yep. Massive diets at the moment. I want to lose weight. I've been wanting to lose weight for ages. It's getting me down a bit, actually, because mm. when you get to our age... You tend not to lose weight. Mm. And I've been working like a crazy thing as well at work. Always on the move, physical work. And it doesn't seem to make any difference. But yeah, I, I do have a problem with some of the cheaper t-shirts. They do tend to fall apart when you, you wore them once or twice. Mm. And they end up as dishcloths or work clothes. <laughs> Benson Rad, listen, number four. Another great podcast, chaps. Quite like the live on the fly effect when you're both in the same room recording. Oh, life, live on the fly, sorry. Uh, yeah, we did the podcast together in the same room, didn't we? We Which did. Which causes more problems, especially me hitting you with a uh, Arkanoid 2 PCB. Ar- Arkanoid board. Is that work, by the way? No. Well, I hadn't you realized. Hit me with it then. It you? wasn't working anyway. It was basically right. a hitting PCB. It was designed right. to hit you with. He hadn't realized you were after a monitor. Ah, that's what we said about earlier. Uh, if Rich was le- blah, 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 he is. Thank you very much. Uh, and he says, I may have to check out the Primark range, although I hate going to that place. It's always so busy. Was it a coincidence Mr. Holly had 10 pence change left over from his, pa- from his power spend there? That's the right oh, no. amount of change for this podcast. I like the idea of others' others pickups and shout-outs aside the monitor pickup at the weekend. He also got 24-7, which is Stryker's album on CD in the post. Uh, we played track two on the podcast back then, which I paid for. It's an awesome album. In terms of Aliens, I quite like the game on the Amiga SNES Mega Drive back in the day, but was not a fan of the trilogy version on the PS1. 
I did have a Konami PCB and credited my way through it just to get to the end. It was alright, but a bit boring for what I remember. I think I sold it for 30 quid when I was done. Probably worth a bit more nowadays, I'm sure. Uh, and he wants to know who was the second room service person on the last podcast. First being Alex, but the second, I don't know who it was because we didn't answer the door. It said housekeeping? Housekeeping! Was it it might have actually it? been housekeeping. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. I didn't let him in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Mr. Flintster, Dave Flintster. Yeah, I like the idea of listener pickups too. Happy to chuck my revival ones out there as I've got a few things this year amidst the entire blur of the event itself. Mostly I've picked up a sore throat and a banging headache. Oh. Well, when we was on one of the, well, the Belgian guy's uh, stall, he picked up a PCB, and it's obviously an IRM PCB, and he thought at first... It was a major title, so it's a ripe conversion for our title. And, oh, I want it, I want it. I sort of jostled with him. Uh, and I said, no, put it on. It isn't, I can I can tell what one of those PCBs looks like, so I've worked on quite a few of them now. And he said, no, it's not a major title, but it's definitely an IRM PCB. Have a look, see what it is, because there's some quite good games on that hardware. And the guy plugged it in for him, because it's a jammer game, and it was in the hunt. Neo and Geo. he got it for a, no, no, it's, it looks like a Neo Geo game. But it's developed by the same people, I think, who did Metal Slug and all those kind of games. It's a really, really good game. It's a submarine game. It's a horizontal shooter. Right. It's more of a tactical kind of game. It's a really good game. And it's it's a very expensive PCB. And Dave got it for a very, very good price. When the guy mm. said to him how much it was, it wasn't anything to be sneezed at. But Dave looked over to me and I sort of went, buy it, buy it now. <laughs> and he did, and I told him later on how much it was worth, and he was quite pleased with the, with the with the game. And I think he actually likes the game, so hopefully we'll see it in one of his Dino Kings themed up nicely. That'd be cool. He also Excellent. got, I think from another one of our friends, Alan Uberpixel, he got a slightly faulty major title, which we'd been converted into our type I was talking to yeah. him, when we were having drinks, he brought it out, and I was talking to him about what to do with it. So if you need any more help, Dave, Dave, give us a shout. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun house. I've been decorating my new arcade shed and have loved listening to recent Ten Pence podcasts while working in there. Cheers, Victor and Sean. Happy to well, help. Nice. Hungar talking about the Aliens podcast. Great podcast, guys. Teach me for missing out on the previous podcast. I actually have this game and I am amazing at it. Or oh, terrible. Very terrible. Yeah. Jerry Levine. Guys, you missed the opportunity there to doctor that picture. This is the Aliens picture you did. Which just said, Allen's. Yes. <laughs> Sean holding the gun, shooting alien in face, and Victor with the long dark hair. Mm. Greg Pell, this is Pelly from Retro Domination. Speaking of R Type, I've recently imported an original Nintendo R Type cabinet in from the States, Ooh. and once restored, I've been thinking of setting up a pajama switcher in there so I can run all three R Types. Very nice. Yes. I have an original R Type 1 board, and I've sacrificed an MT1 and 2 for R Type 2 and Leo, respectively. In any case, Vic, I was wondering what jammer switches you have gone with in the past. I've been considering going with a Vector one here. Vector Labs one. He's put a, a link there. Yep, this is like a neat and solid solution, but you do have to purchase the switcher plus an adapter for each game board, so the cost would add up quickly. This does seem handy, though, if you wanted to add a non-jammer boards to a jammer cab. You can purchase non-jammer adapters as well to work the switcher. We also recently watched Alex's video of Vic's Game Room Tour, Really cool to finally get to see what you describe so often in the podcast. I especially like the row of ISIS cabs that you have, Vic. They remind me a lot of the LIA, LAI, Leisure and Allied Industries, them Australian things. Wood grain low boy cabs that we have throughout Australia back in the 
80s and early 90s. I have attached a pic of some of mine at home. Anyway, guys, keep up what you are doing. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, Greg has got about three low boys in the pictures, and they all look fantastic. They've got full size, full upright-sized marquee space, which she swaps in and out of different games, and they look awesome. They look really, really nice. Uh, almost like a sort of full-size machine squashed down and then laid back almost to the screen's almost flat. That's why they're called low boys. But, Greg, what are you saying about those Vector Lab switches? They are good, but they're very expensive. Very expensive. I think you can. they're like modular. You can add on different adapters for different games. All I use is the cheap 30-odd pound ones you can buy. I don't know what that is in Australian dollars. Off of eBay. They work fine. They've got a little remote control so you can switch games on the fly. Because both right. games are running all the time, and it just swaps mm. between the two. So when you, you're playing one game and you put a coin in, it doesn't put coins in for both games. So it t- turns yeah. different bits on and off as you go, but the game's still running. I just get those, mate. You can always make an adapter up for different games, because I've got loads of adapters. And I think with these ones, you need to just buy a jammer extension cable, which is about eight or ten quid. Not a lot. A lot cheaper than the Vector Labs ones. A lot, lot cheaper. So what do you do with the power supply? And if both... PCBs are running at once. You just put the power up very slightly on on a, a power on a switcher power supply switching power supply inside an arcade machine. You nearly always got an adjuster for the five volts, which is the important one. Mm. And because two boards are running off the same thing, it does pull a little bit more juice. Just turn up a little bit and just test it with a, a multimeter, actually on a chip on the boards when they're running. And you can just get it on right. five because if you run it as if you had one game in. It might not quite be enough, and some games might struggle a little bit and not work. Just turn up a little bit. Simple as that. I have no problems running them. They're good. Uh, This is from the Pie Factory podcast. Uh Uh-oh, we're in trouble again. When they're right here, we're always in trouble. Uh, Love theme from Addenda and Errata, which is their little ditty they do for their addendum section, has literally three lyrics. Yes, three. Yet Victor still got one of the lyrics wrong. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what I got wrong there, but I was free-forming. Don't mm. quash my artistic style, Pie Factory. I'm not having it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. an artiste. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Salbug, how the hell are getting a, are people getting over 200,000 on riding? I must have tried 40 or 50 times, but I just can't crack 200,000. So frustrating. I've never played riding before, but I don't think I've put more than four quarters into this machine. It's just too difficult and doesn't yield enough play playtime per quarter using using virtual quarters maybe come back time and time again and i found myself rage quitting oh we're going to talk about this i'm going to play some kangaroo and alibaba now yeah uh sal's near to two hundred thousand by his score so well done on that it's not a bad score actually uh lance biscuits thompson hi victor really nice to meet you at retro revival wifey isabel was wondering if you liked your bag of biscuits yes i did we did uh, nice. forgot to ask where do you get your canopy artwork printed as building Piecade, but may have to turn the wife around to a proper-sized cabinet after visiting Arcade Club on the Saturday night of Retro Revival. So they went to Arcade Club that night after being at Retro. What a great day. Awesome place. Yeah. Uh, we, we spoke a little bit about this as well. I think this was on a, an email I replied to. And I think he, by canopy artwork, he meant marquee art. It yeah. was on my little ISIS cab. And I got all my, arca- my arcade artwork for that done from Arcade Art Shop, which is Ollie Muddy Music. So mm. go there. He does some really cool stuff, and he'll be able to do some custom work for you, whatever you want to do. 
Nice. Next one. I am Jimmy. He is Jimmy. A up Vic and Sean. Great to see you both at Revival. What a great event it was. My first time at Revival. Unfortunately, due to other commitments, had to be a flying visit, but hopefully I will make it for the full weekend next year. There was just one disappointment in the day. When I clocked the drums and guitars on stage, I was convinced that the 10 pence orchestra would be performing live, but sadly it was not to be. Just some dodgy indie band joking apart. I had a quick chat with them, the British IBM. They seemed good guys and the cd i picked up is really good it is yeah, yeah well, the, the 10 pence orchestra has not been around for a bit but thank god for that we should get them back they're, they oh, were really good oh no i've, I've got an idea anyway oh, i would love to know more about the homemade cold beer that was amazing four cabs really stood out that weekend the amazing enduro racer restoration which is on uk vac which is amazing it's like a, it was a it was like a piece of moldy cheesy cab and it was cheesy cab, and it was made into this fantastic looking enduro racer. Yeah, it is a nice anyway, game. He also liked Alex's sheriff and the bomb jack and your Cuba. Vic, you did a great job on that. Looked looked and played superb. But that's not to take anything away from all the other cabs, consoles, developers, etc. A really great event. Thanks to everyone that helped make it happen. And a huge thank you to you, Mr. Vic, for my pickup. It will soon will be with Mark at Retro Clinic for an intensive uh, conversion. What's that then? Basically, Jimmy uh, bought a Space Harrier deluxe machine. For some weird reason, one turned up in an auction house in Glasgow, I think it was. And someone put it on right. UK VAC, and it was £450. Right. Which is probably a thousand pounds less than it should be if it was a fully working machine. But what happened is he bought the machine blindly. I think a friend of his got it for him, who's up that area, and he found out there's no PCB in it, and there's no motor PCB, and there's some bits missing. But it is cosmetically in really good condition. It looks mm. really nice, and that four hundred fifty pound for that is still a massive bargain. I would snap that up if that was me. I really mm. would. So I had an enduro racer PCB from a previous raid, and it doesn't work. So I let someone have a look at it. I think Martin had a look at it, and it doesn't work. But it's complete. It's all there. It looks really good condition. And that particular PCB, with its specific soundboard, is ripe for converting into a Space Harrier. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Get ready. And Mark Hazeman, nice. who is Retro Clinic, is the man to do it. He's the guy who can do this. So I sold it to Jimmy for a really cheap price, because I was trying to help him out because i know he, he needs it and i'd like to see this machine working again i want to have a go of it when it's doing as well so hopefully that will help him get going on it and also on uk vac because he was talking about the there's a pcb on that which controls the motors in the movements of it and they're really hard to find it's been stripped out there removed for some reason and they're like gold rocking horse poo to try and find they're really hard to find i'd say unobtainium but what some of the uk vac clever bods are doing is they're going to reproduce one they're going to get a working one, make a new PCB for it, read the uh, information off the EEPROMs and such, and actually make reproduction boards for it. So they'll be available soon. Well, when they've actually got them done, I hope. Which is really cool, because you just can't find them for love nor money. Excellent. I like it when people do that sort of thing. When they can't find something, oh, sod it, we just make one, and then go make them. Cool. Mm. Anyways, but lastly, completely off topic, sort of, I was watching Reggie Yates' Extreme South Africa last night, and he spent the week with the Prophet 
Mboro, a charismatic yet controversial church leader. All I can say is Google Prophet Mboro biscuits and the 10 pence fixation with biscuits takes on a whole new meaning. He's put a picture up, which is somebody holding a, a like a Sean, pad. Sean, stop. Stop, what? Sean. Stop, sh- sh- Sean, stop. What? Not safe for work. Is it not? No. It's, oh. um, mm, yeah. Go and have a look, people. It's not about the biscuits you think you're thinking of. Oh. I looked at it. Ooh. Bad man, Jimmy. Bad man. But those Reggie Yates documentaries are really, really good. They are really good. They're quite hard-hitting, but they're very, very good to watch. Oh. Move on, move on. Uh, 20 to 5, Young Neil. Uh, great episode. I like it when you guys are recording together. It adds an air of unpredictability and a different humour to the recording. Still yeah. gutted. I missed Revival. Yes, you were missed, mister. Uh, but we'll definitely be there next year. Listen to pick up sounds good. I'll have to a tall tale to sell soon. You must have something on in the back burners. Riding is a game I was looking forward to playing, but at first I didn't like it. Mainly the power-up system. If you die on a boss, you go back to mid-level, which we will have to talk about that area. Mm. You lose your power-ups and return to fully restored boss, making it very difficult to progress. But then it started to click. The power-ups were okay. Just to wait your time to collect on the right colour. The boss patterns are constant, so you can learn whether to position. It reeks of old school shooters, and I love it. Tarnished Slope this week by the many different versions of it and iterations, but that aside, I'll keep this one on my favourites list. Anyone coming to play Glasgow? I'm not. I am, uh, no, I'm not this year. This is the first one I'm going to miss, but yeah. It's a really good event. You'll love it. We, I went there last year, and me and Neil did a walk around. I don't know if you remember that one. Listeners. I do, yeah. We did a walk round of the event. So that was very good, very good. Also, we have some feedback on the Alan's picture I put on, the well, the Aliens podcast picture I put on, and GJ Harris has put, because I put, this podcast is coming to you like a clang around the head with a wok or something like that. Right. It wasn't, it was a bit weird. Anyway, clang is the head of the clangers. Think you've had enough clangs around your noggin, SH. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Jerry Levine is, but guys, you missed the opportunity there to doctor the aliens picture. Sean holding the gun, shooting alien in face, and Vic with the long dark hair. Mm. Could do that. Matthew Bridges put Carlton off of Fresh Prince Dancing. Simon Anderson, hi, what a lovely podcast. I'm ashamed to say that I've been listening for years now and haven't got involved with with, with it. But Ryden is my one of my favourite shooters, and I'm going to have a pop. Good. Aaron Hughes from Batcave. Aliens is one of my favourite arcade games, mainly due to good old nostalgia. Oh, dear. And Mr. Tags does put, be aware, Allens are everywhere. Allens are everywhere. Shout-outs. What, a couple of shout-outs, uh, thanks oh, and stuff yes. to people we know? Yeah, I'm going to give a proper shout-out to all the people who made Revival happen and all the people we met there and had a good laugh with, the YouTubers, the podcasters, the fans of the show, and Craig Turner especially, and his his organisers and helpers. You can tell it's a good weekend, like I said earlier, when it takes a few days to get over it. And I also want to give a shout-out to Mr Chris, CNP. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention this earlier, yeah. You've seen that? Should put a picture on. He's done like a, a mock for his new game Frontier, which is like a sheriff kind of cowboy game, he's done a mock-up Vectrex overlay, and all Vectrex overlays have the button, what the buttons do, the names at the bottom of the, the overlay. Four buttons, they? yeah. Like fire, thrust, hyperspace, whatever. But he's, he's, <laughs> he's put shoot, stuff, int, face. Exactly one, what you got to do. One, two, three, and four buttons. That's great. I love it. Brilliant. Uh, thank you, Chris. That's 
awesome. And one last one last one. Thanks to all the people who gave nice feedback about the Arcade Perfect podcast I was on. I've got loads of feedback about that. It's brilliant. Thank you. Hopefully I will be asked on there one day. I could like look forward to doing that. I like the idea no. of their podcast. It's really good. Yeah, no, they said it's they weren't cool. gonna have you on. But I can't don't say that. I blame them. They don't trust you. I say. will mess about. <laughs> and I'll mess about hard. Uh, thank you to Benson. Rad and Striker for the monitor. I haven't quite picked up yet. Let's give them a <laughs> cheers, lads. Mr. Holly, we're yeah. very grateful. I need to say thank you. Yeah, thank you. Best games by year. This year is 1985. What a great year it was. I was 12. I was 15. This is a where I year. moved from rugby in the Midlands to Portland in Dorset, oh. which was near the arcades because it was in the seaside, near the seaside. I went from not so many arcade games to hundreds of arcade games in 85. Lovely. And I bet you still had all like the, the, the stuff hanging around from the early 80s there, weren't there? Oh, God, yeah, you, absolutely. The Galaxians and all that, that was still there, I bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, loads of them. Oh, lovely. Anyway, this was a great year for newcomers Capcom. Also, there's lots of football, baseball, basketball card games out there, but we don't like them, so I'm not going to mention Rubbish. I'm not going to mention them. Right, so games from computers converted to arcades started to appear. So you had Boulder Dash from Data East, Spelunker from IREM, Choplifter from Sega. Choppers! Yeah, they were all originally computer or console game and they you know got made into arcade games yeah boulder dash was a favorite of mine on the atari 8-bit i think it was first done on the atari 8-bit for first star software mm. that's a great game i still like playing boulder dash nowadays brilliant i love it loved it on the c64 and a version on the amiga commando from capcom going commando <laughs> x dexes from x's not from commando from capcom gauntlet from atari sean needs biscuits badly <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins from Capcom Ghosties Green Bertie from Konami Berties <laughs> Gundot Smoke from Capcom Rubbish We've done that, it's Don't all right. like it Hang On from Seeger Now, now hang on <laughs> Kicker or Shaolin's Road from Konami Kicking stuff right in face <laughs> Nemesis from Konami Gradiousness yeah, Paperboy from Atari. No, yeah, this I, haven't, what, I haven't got a comment for that. I hate Paperboy. I really don't like that game. It does say 1984 on the Attract screen, but it was released in April 85, and it was a System 2 game. System rubbish game. Sky Kid from Namco. Birds in Planes! Like, I didn't like this. You did, didn't you? Oh, love that game. The excellent Space Harrier from Sega. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Get ready. Terror Crests are equally excellent from Terror of Crests. Yes. And the like, oh no, Yia Kung Fu from, oh, I've not put, who's that from? Is that Konami as well? Yes. For me, that was a Commodore 64 and ZX Spectrum game. I never knew it was an arcade game for years. I never ever saw it in the arcade back in the day. I used to play that on the computers sort of in the late 80s. Really good Mm -hmm. little game. Such a good game. There was a few PlayChoice 10 games released in this year, most notably Duck Hunt, which was on a CRT projector at Batcave. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? My Mm. wife bought the dog, a little beagle, a duck toy, like a soft duck toy he chews, 
When he mm. had his mouth the other day, he looked exactly like the dog on Duck Hunt. Oh. <laughs> does, he, does he jump over a load of grass? And yeah, and Rolf, with his duck oh, in his mouth. Honourable mentions of 1985, Empire Strikes Back, which is not bad, but it's poor compared to the original Star Wars Vector game. Yeah. Pinball Action. Uh, this is a good electronic pinball, also on the 60 and one It's not a bad little game. I've got some boards of this, original boards. Uh, Tiger Heli, which is a vertical shooter, uh, and surely Saibu nicked a bunch of ideas for riding from this. Have you played Tiger Heli? Yes. It's I like have. a slowed like down, easier version of Raiden. Very, very it, similar. It starts easy, but it gets oh, really it hard. Yeah, I had yeah. a go at it the other night, and it, it does seem quite good. Now, my choice of 1985. Oh, actually, we'll do the weird game before we do that. Uh, yes. Horizon by Irem, a Moon Patrol sequel. I don't know about this game. What's it about? It's similar kind of premise to Moon Control, but you can move in and out of the screen. You can jump in and out. So there's like oh, okay. three or four layers. It's nowhere near as good. It misses a trick, I think. It just should have... Moon Patrol 2 should have been more Moon Patrol with more levels, I think. Oh, yeah. I reckon it would have been as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, Knuckle Joe by Saibu Kohatsu. Very early side-scrolling beat-em-up. This is before Double Dragon. I need to look into this, see if this is one of the very first ones, you know. But it, yeah, right. Okay, it's a side-scrolling one. Oh yeah, because so mm. is because um, Double Dragon sort of scrolls. It's mainly left to right, but it goes up and down as well a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that. You can't uh, move in and out of the screen, but you can jump on top of things, like on top of vehicles or boxes. Oh, okay. and come back in. So I've seen that lay- game. I've heard the name before. I don't ever played it. That's got layers to the levels. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Map Mania by Technos and Carpet Simulator. Game. Carpets in there. Yeah, Matt Mania, manic about mats. It was called something else as well. It was called, like, I think it was Rubbish Wrestling, something like that. Called. Rubbish Wrestling, I'm sure it's that one, yeah. A K A. Exciting R. Roadrunner by Atari, got to mention this, or Jim Bagley be upset. I hate that game. I think it's awful. There was, <laughs> a, couple of, there was a couple of us went mad on it at one of the Nergs one year. They yeah, really enjoyed it. I just it. can't see the. I hate it. I can't see the appeal to the game. It's a really boring game. Meep. Meep. <laughs> Twin B by Konami that was a, a franchise that started off as a very weird shooting game and I got confused about this earlier thinking it was Bells and Whistles they look very similar cutesy games did you think it might have been a sequel or a prequel? I think Bells and Whistles was a sequel yeah good little games though real cute mm. bright coloured shooties I remember playing Bells and Whistles in the Britannia pub in 1989 wow very, very vivid memories of that cool Anyway, and the last one, Indiana Jones, A-T-T-O-D. It's an acronym. For what? And the Temple of Doom. Oh, but this is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dung. Yeah, it's not great. I don't it? think it's a great game. The, pi- no. the Pie Factory guys liked it. They just did it on the last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. So what is your be- your pick for 1985? A few years ago, I would have never entertained this game, but I played it for some kind of I think it was the retro game elite schmuck league when I was in it mm-hmm. and then I played it on the podcast when you were in America with Tagster and Daz that's right yeah and I, I love it now it's Space Harrier yep it's such Space a good game Harrier. especially mm. normally I don't give two hoots about the simulator cabs the ones that move but mm. the Space Harrier one works really nicely I went to Kado's meet a little while ago Carl's meet uh, and he's got one there that actually moves around I've really enjoyed playing it. 
just moving around in the cab's fun, let alone actually playing the game on the screen. It's like a little ride, like a kiddie's ride. Such a good yeah. game. So my choice is Kicker or Challenge Road because I was really game. quite good at it back in the day. I actually... They had it in the little dance area at the local school youth club I went to. I had it on Spectrum 2, which was pretty bad. Um, I'm still very good at it. The one game I'm not bad at at all. And Sky Kid comes a very, very close second place. I love Sky Kid. Oh, I'm not so keen. Ooh, so that's 1985 done. Look forward to 1986. Some good games in 1986 next time. Oh, yeah. Arcade quiz time. Here Uh-oh. it is. The Mastermind Quiz. You promised to be a difficult one, because you only got like two out of ten last time, didn't you? It's not It's not mega difficult. I think you'll get... If you get half of them, I think you'll do well. Okay. Right. Two minutes, Mr. Marland. Your chosen subject is... Arcade stuff. Arcade stuff from now to then. Right, here we go. Which game from Universal's Cosmic series was a version of Space Invaders? Monsters. Cosmic Monsters. Oh, you bag. I've got it. What? <laughs> <laughs> what type of game was Gyrodine? Gyrodine. Ooh, shooter. Damn. Caves Ibarra was released in what year? 2003. Nope, 2005. Ooh, I guess. Toru Iwatani is best known for creating Pac-Man. And what other early Namco game did he make? Oh, famous. Oh, I know. Ah, uh, pass. Okay. What was the sequel to Mappy called? Jumping Mappy. No. Hopping, Hopping Mappy. Mappy. No, you got it wrong. Damn it. <laughs> Name the sequel to Exidy's 1980 game Targ. Spectar. Damn, you got that right. I've got the cab of it. <laughs> oh, obscure platform game Mouser was made by which company? This is hard. Oh, Marshall? Nope, UPL. <laughs> Atari Space Duel has five buttons. Left, right, thrust, fire, and what? Refuel? Shields. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. How many points do you get for killing five or more monsters with one apple on Mr. Do? 6,000. 8,000. I knew it was 8,000. Damn it. <laughs> what is the name of the Demon King straight Goblin King at the end of the game, Ghosts and Goblins? What is he called? Right weird name. Lucifer. No, Astaroth. Oh. You, you passed on one, which was I've forgotten. What did, I, what did you pass on, Vic? Yeah, you're good at this, Magnus. Go on. <laughs> you have to pause it with nine seconds left. What was it? What was it? What was it? Oh, yeah. You were... Uh, Namco. Tori, it was, Tori is best known for creating. Uh, do you want a clue? It's an early Namco driving game. Oh, did he do um, the maze game? Oh, I've forgotten the name of it. For goodness sake. Uh, Rally X? No. Pole oh. position. Really? Yeah, he did. I pole did position. not know that. At the end oh, of wow, that, cool. At the end of that round, Mr. Marley has scored three points with one pass. Is that Frick, all I got? Yeah. Rubbish. I did no hop in Mappy as well. I just made the wrong word. Yeah, I, I made the wrong that. word. <laughs> do you reckon I could do it on Mastermind? No, no, I got that one right. I just got the wrong word. <laughs> he didn't do bad there. That's a good one. That was a good one. Doing the years of when games were about is difficult, especially if they're later ones for me. Yeah. That's my that's Achilles tendon, that one. That's why I'm going to do more of them. Oh, well, you're going to get even more difficult ones, mister. <laughs> right then, we're over an hour's ways through. We've been waffling on too much. Let's talk about our... Featured game. 
featured game review. This is Raiden, one of my choices, by Saibu Kaihatsu from 1990. Uh, do you want to hear the actual plot for the game? There's a plot. I found a radio advert for it. Yeah, go on. In the year 2090, Earth has suddenly become the target of deranged aliens known as the Carnassians. Following the invasion, the World Alliance military builds a new cutting-edge weapon, the Raiden Supersonic Attack Fighter. Based on a captured alien craft, it is humanity's only hope for survival. Very good. That is actually the blurb about the game, not made up at all. Ah. So Raiden is a standard VSEU. Vertical scrolling shoot em up. And is the first in the Raiden series. It's an eight-way joystick, two-button game. Buttons are fire and bomb. There are eight levels to battle through. You play this game by quite literally shooting stuff right in face. Oh, I love it. Don't get shotted to death yourself. Simple as that. It's a vertical shooter, but the screen scrolls about another half a screen to the left and right also. Pick up power-ups that fall out of destroyed mid-sized enemies for nice power-ups. The far power power-ups alternate from red to blue. Red increases your shot a bit wider... Uh, it's a more powerful shot up until a full-on screen sp- spray of bullets. Good for knocking stuff out most of the way across the screen. The blue one gives you a laser and increases in thickness and strength as you collect more of them. Nowhere near as wide shot as the red bullets, but more concentrated. Mm. Uh, P, P-shaped uh, power-ups fall out of them sometimes. Uh, this is full power. I haven't got this since doing this, this challenge, but I have had them in the past. This f- powers you right up. Rot up, Sam. I think you only get them when you restart, when you add it, when you continue. I think that's the only time you get them. Oh, really? I haven't continued, so I don't know. But mm. if you if you are already powered up fully from picking up the power ups all through the game, you still survive, and you get a P, you get a uh, hundred thousand bonus points instead. Oh. Other power ups that come out of the the destroyed ships are M's, which are nuclear missiles. These are long yellow orange mis- yellowy orange missiles that shoot out one at a time when you fire and deal decent damage. More M power-ups make this stronger. Uh, H is homing missiles. They're more accurate than the nukes, but not as powerful. Same as M can be upgraded four times for more power. Uh, triangular B bombs, when dropped, make a large diameter of destruction for a short period of time, dealing out mega damage. Medals can be unearthed when destroying certain ground targets. Collect these for multipliers to your bonus points at the end of the level. Uh, fairies, these are hidden in secret areas. When collected, give 10,000 bonus points. Uh, have you seen the Saibu Dragon as well? Yeah, quite a few times, yeah. Uh, sometimes pops up instead of a medal. You get 3,000 points for this. That's sort of the uh, Saibu Kohatsu logo, the little dragon guy. Mm. Kind of like uh, the Shashiki for Capcom. Yeah, yeah. But I've put here, talk about Rydengate. Rydengate. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> One of our listeners coined it Rydengate. And I've put here, this is actually wrong now after speaking to you, several Raspberry Pi emulators using older, older versions of MAME and the King of Airboard, which was I, I was using on the bar top, yeah. were incorrectly interpreting the ROM. We know this because Vic was playing on the actual PCB. Yep. You don't get the screen wipe Tetris curtains, as I call them. You don't get that effect when dying on the older versions, meaning you can carry on where you left off mm-hmm. instead put back a few screens. This makes the game easier, and it was the version I was playing for a week. So you're saying... The version we should have been you... playing was set one on yeah. MAME, right? On the normal yeah. PC version of MAME. 
And in my on my PCB, which is an original PCB, not a bootleg, it's set one uh, because some of the different versions say by different manufacturers or different uh, different retailers like Fabtech and whoever did it. But mine's the Saibu Kaihatsu one, the original one. Mm. And on that, when you get killed, you keep playing the game. It doesn't doesn't have a a transitional effect on the screen. You restart further back with none of your weapon power ups. You die. Your weapon power-ups fly off the screen. They're sort of spinning around in a circle. And you can pick them up again and then carry on. So if you're on a boss level and you get killed, you drop a load of weapons, you can pick a few of them up to get you nearly back where you were with your weapon power-ups, and you continue doing what you're doing. So if you killed one boss of two, you've still only got one left to do. You don't restart that part of the level again. Because I didn't know it did this. Because on Raiden 2, which we covered way back on one of the podcasts... Every time you get killed, you get that transitional effect. And I've got the original board of that as well, and it does do that. But may I was thinking maybe it's a, a difficulty setting. Some people were on the wrong difficulty settings. No, I, I tried it on loads of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I tried it on a King of Air board, yep. and I wasn't getting the Tetris curtain, so I thought that was the easier version. So I went to my main PC, yeah, and I was getting the Tetris curtains, and that was setting me back a bit. Oh. And I've got I've got a lower score on that, so I should have kept my score off the King of Airboard. Yeah, 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 definitely, because that's the one I was using as well. So I've tried on Mame. Yeah, I've tried on the Raspberry Pi. I've tried Final Burn Alpha. Yeah, which, which has the Tetris curtains. Yeah, which is which is wrong. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's not the board yeah. I've got. I'm not but sure it's... why it does that. Maybe it's a different it version of it, or maybe I didn't have a chance to. Raise the difficulty level because we're doing normal, and all my PCBs I've got, all of them, I set to medium difficulty level, always, mm-hmm. always. And I'm not sure if that, if I raise the difficulty from normal to difficulty, does that? You'd think so, because some of the old versions of ROMs on the Raspberry Pi, especially on I think Advanced Main, the the set the dip switch settings are slightly different to Main, and sometimes mm-hmm. normal might be like four or something. And I was thinking I maybe it's a, it's a difference there. there. I'm not sure. But the version there. I was using was the PCB, which has got to be the king of the version, shortly, because it's the original arcade version, is what we should have been using. Sorry to our listeners, it's a bit of confusion. We didn't know anything about this until people started writing in and saying, what's, what's this going on with... Because I think someone put a, mm. a video up of it happening. I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. That looks more like Raiden 2 to me. So, Weird. Yeah, not sure what's going on there, but we've made we've used a, I suppose, a slightly easier version. Well, I didn't because I went, <laughs> I changed it. Well, you can use your other score; it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, Final Burn Alpha has the Tetris curtains. Yep. Advanced Mame, LR Mame, two thousand and three, and Mame for all do not. You just carry on. So, if you're on a boss fight, you can carry on in the boss yeah. fight. Yeah, definitely. Oh God! Ooh, so dear. these scores are going to be a bit skewed. I think it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, it, it really doesn't. We've, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. Yeah. So tips and secrets on this game. Uh, basically, there's not much to talk about. Really, it's a vertical shooter. It really is a vertical shooter, like many mm. other vertical shooters. But it's quite a good one. Looks nice. Sounds nice. So mm. tips and secrets. There are a few. Uh, kill end level bosses with as little bombs as possible, and try not to get killed throughout the level. As the medals you pick up, if you die, you lose the medals. Even if you get the Tetris transitional curtains or you pick up your things again, you lose all your medals. You will lose them all. And if you pick some more up, you're fine. But you will lose them all. I think there's about, you can get 10 or 12 medals through most levels. So try and keep your medals without get, getting killed. Don't lose your medals. And 
you get at the very end of the game when you kill the bosses off you get medals multiplied by the bomb stock you've got left over so you get a thousand points per bomb times 10 for each medal you get mm. so it's it's you say you've got six bombs and you've got 12 medals that's 12 times 6 24,000 bonus points but yeah i think this is a really good idea for a bonus at the end of a level it's more risk and reward again is it if you don't use yeah. your bombs which is some of the levels are quite difficult without the bombs because the bombs do deal a lot of damage and most bosses you you get two bosses at the same time it's not just mm. one big ship you only get two join in which is quite a difficult thing to do uh, you should also look out for small explosions in secret areas because sometimes on the first level on the right hand side about halfway through the, the level if mm. you shoot one of the trees little explosions are happening on the trees if you keep shooting it the fairy will fly out if you get the fairy you get 10,000 points mm. but also I'm, people yeah, were saying if fun. you get the fairy on the version that's got the the transitional Tetris effect you said mm. that saves your power ups for you but on the version I was playing the normal version you don't need the fairy that already happens you get 10,000 bonus points for getting the fairy so I'm not sure what's going on there with the fairy. You just get... It's sort of a bit random. You get one or two power-ups plus a bomb or something when the fairy appears. Oh, okay. Uh, look out for the fast-moving vehicle on the bridge bypass on level two. Have you seen that? Yeah. A vehicle goes really quickly across. If you shoot it, you get 10,000 points again. Is it red? I think so, yeah. It's really, really yeah. quick. It sort of tries to get away. If you shoot it, you get big points for it. I reckon there must be a little secret on each level. Mm. I've only got to level three a few times, so I've not really seen many of them. Uh, Don't try and get the pickup straight away when there are loads of enemies on the screen. Clear the enemies first, and then get the weps when it's safe to do so. They hang around for quite a while. They just spin around. They don't disappear. Mm. You can just leave them for a while, get rid of everything off the screen, shooting at you, then go and get them when you can. Because sometimes you've got to wait from when the the weapons go from red to blue. So if you've got a red weapon already, your, your sort of spray shot, and you get a blue one, it takes you back one. So say you're level three of the red weapons, and you get a blue one, it takes you back to level two of the blue weapons. Yeah, I don't So you lose one one level of weapons and revert to the other one. So it's, I think it's best to keep the very, same one. a very bad idea, that. Yeah, but it's more difficult again, isn't it? I mean, it's not mm. an easy game to play this. It is not easy at all. No. Uh, the graphics and sound are really good. Excellent 16-bit art. Uh, varied mm-hmm. terrains to fly over. Enemies in the first few levels are pretty samey, though. You do get a lot of tanks and those those helicopters. Planes and, yeah. yeah, tanks, tanks, planes, and boats. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Uh, nice medium-sized bosses and large end-level bosses. And it's not usually just one boss. It's usually two of them. And the yeah. game does throw <laughs> lots of medium-sized enemies. So normally in a game, you'd have little popcorn enemies, which you can kill off with you know, one or two shots. And then every now and again, you get a medium-sized enemy you get weapons out of. On this game, they don't just send usually like like one medium-sized plane. They send seven medium-sized planes. Because <laughs> the gray, the grey-green planes that come at you in the first level, if you if you don't shoot them and they go off the bottom of the screen, they'll come back up from the bottom of the screen to come back to you, shooting at you. Yeah. So that's a bit of a bummer. That you, they won't just disappear off. They won't scroll off like a lot of games do and disappear. They'll come back. They are persistent. It is tough. Mm. Excellent tunes in this game that keep you humming even after you've been playing. It's such a good tune, though, isn't it? Love it. Yeah, it is. It is really. I haven't really heard many of the tunes. I've only got to level three before, but you can get a CD of the the tunes of this game 
I really like them. I think they're really good. Uh, good meaty explosions on this game. Oh, it is good sound. When you play on a yeah. proper cap, it's lovely. Cabinet art? None. Kit only. Mm. It was too late for that. Uh, the flyers, marquees, and control panels are really nice, though. Good use of the red and blue one and two player fighters on the artwork. Because you've got to remember, we're only playing single player, but this game is a simultaneous two player game. So if you're player one, you're the red fighter. If you're player two, you're the blue fighter. And when you start off the aircraft carrier at the start, you know there's a red and blue blue line on the start of the uh, on that ship? Yeah. That's for you to take off from. There is a bit of trivia for this. This is real trivia, not made up trivia as well. Oh, okay. This was sent in from Garen. So thank you for this nugget, Garen. Raiden means thunder and lightning. Rai is Japanese for thunder, and Den is Japanese for lightning. Raiden, oh. thunder and lightning. It's not Ray and Dennis, then? No, not thunder and lightning, the rubbish block game, which I used to use as a, as a PCB doorstop. Mm. Thunder and lightning. Uh, Raiden is the name of a Japanese World War I fighter, the Mitsubishi J2M Raiden. I also read that on one place on the internet that reckons Saibu Kohatsu used Twin Cobra for research during the development of Raiden. I can see that. Mm. They must have played in, that in, game I talked about earlier as well, I reckon. Isn't Raiden a character out of Mortal Kombat as well? He is, yes. Mm. I've got a feeling, I don't really play Mortal Kombat, but hasn't he got lightning attacks? Yeah. Because he's a guy with a coolie hat, isn't he? Yeah, it's a nice hat. It's, it's a, a very nice hat. nice hat. Keep the sun up, mm. you're brilliant. Mm. <laughs> Uh, there's quite a few uh, ports and sequels to this game. Uh, on the SNES, it was released as Raiden Trad. Very easy. I played this under emulation. Very easy game. Not anywhere near as good animation as the arcade version. And it plays as a horizontal game. Uh, seems really jerky too. Uh, I was only playing under emulation, so I'm not sure if that's actually a quirk of the emulation or not. And it does seem a bit cheap and very, very easy. Because mm-hmm. You know at the end of the first level, you get the two big bosses coming to screen. Yeah. On that version, you can actually kill the first boss before it even gets out of its underground hiding place. Right. So it's really, really easy. It just doesn't seem... And the, and the medium-sized enemies are quite small. The sprites are quite small. But then the Mega Drive version was a way better version of this, more like the arcade version. Right. A PC Engine is much closer to the arcade. I've actually got the, the Who card of this. It's very close to the arcade, but plays horizontal like the SNES version. Yeah. Uh, the PlayStation was treated to Project Raiden, with Raiden 1 and 2 together in the same game. Uh, nigh on perfect emulation, I reckon, with proper vertical ratio too. Really good version. Uh, Raiden had three sequels in the arcade, Raiden 2, 3, and 4. And then 5 was out just on modern consoles, didn't get to the arcade, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Raiden also had a breakaway mad bullet set of games called Raiden Fighters. And also a sort of remix version of Raiden 2 called Raiden DX, which I haven't played, and I will need to play that, because it's supposed to be really good. I've played them all a bit today. There's Raiden Fighters 1, 2, and Raiden Jet. Which is mad. They are proper bullet hells. They're, the, yeah. they're really good. Are they boss and, rush games as well? It's basically uh, loads of stuff being thrown at you really quickly, like hard stuff being thrown at you. It's not like a sort not- of easy level and then a boss at the end, because... When Alex bought a cab once, years ago, and he was storing it in my arcade at the time, it had riding fighters in it. We played it for a bit, and it's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers, mad, bullety, boss rush thing. As far as I remember, it was a crazy game, and I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. No, I think it's just a standard bullet hell. I don't remember being loads of bosses. Mm. Mm. Anyway, Raiden DX was released in 1994, and there's... 
as a newer version as well in 96. And I think okay. DX, DX is a sort of a souped up version of Raiden 2. Which I like. Mm-hmm. I like Raiden 1 and 2. I actually like 3 and 4. I had, when I had that Type X hardware, I had Raiden 3 and 4. And they're very similar to, all the games are quite similar in, in the, the way they, they play. But they've got nicer graphics. And mm. on 2 you had the toothpaste laser, the purple whirly laser. That's good, that, yeah. I think three and four had the same three main games, the red, blue, and purple weapons. I don't think they ever changed that. But these are the nicer, smoother graphics. Yeah, Raiden, I think it's Raiden DX I was playing earlier on today. Mm-hmm. I know this one we we're talking about has got good graphics, but when you kill the bo- they kill the baddies on that one, they like drop into the sea and there's splashes and there's oh, really? like bits, bits of debris floating everywhere. It's, it's fantastic graphics, really well done. So I'll have you, to look into like, that one. That sounds you good. Shoot, yeah, you're shooting through all the bad guys and they're spinning and exploding and it's, oh, cool. it's really awesome graphics. It makes a difference, doesn't it? really does. I, th- I do think, I think Raiden started a good franchise, but I think it's the weakest of the games, I do. Can you hurry up talking so I can go and play Raiden DX, please? Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> put, on one and a, put, um, put my Sean Holly on one and a half times speed. <laughs> so let's do the scores. Woo! Here we Lots go. Of, how many players? Do you know any players? Loads this time. 37 players. Oh, not as many as usual, Very but nice. still quite a few. Thank you for playing, everyone. Let's Neat. start with Lewis Batcave. Oh, come on, Lewis. <laughs> 36,100. Had a very quick go whilst trying out the new toy, the crazy CRT, CRT projector. It's mental. Riding on a 300-inch screen. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Phil Cave, 38,150. Not, not an easy game for us oldies. I would like Autofire. Ah, meeting. there's a thought. Were you playing on Autofire, you cheating get? I wasn't. Not for this score that I've put in, but when I played on Autofire for, mm-hmm. for about the last hour before the podcast came on, mm-hmm. I got 340,000, which is a lot more than I got on my normal You cheating score. get. I'm not going to say that score, though. Do you know what? I was watching a YouTube video of someone actually playing... I think they did three loops of it. Three Mm. whole loops. And they were using auto-fire. It was obvious they were using auto-fire. Which I think is a bit of a cheat. Because I like... On vertical shoot-em-ups, I like smashing that fire button. That's part of it for me. Is going crazy on the fire button. Don't do that face. Don't do that face. You're a cheating get. I haven't used auto-fire on my score. Good. So, one Um, of Ed Horse's guys from work, Steve, 41,100. Andrew Driver, 45,230. Another one of Ed's guys, Larry, 52,440. Ed Phil, another one of these guys, Phil, 62,620. Retro Squinty, 75,410. I love shmups, but I just can't make it past the first level boss. One of Ed's guys, Luke, 100,700. Michael Vortman, 107,760. I really like this. Too fast for me. Like all the shmups, but fun and never unfair. Every death seemed avoidable afterwards. Mm. Ross Ross, 111,200. Too busy trying different types of spreadable conserve in the last-ditch effort to sort out my poorly new Astro City. Enjoyable shooter, though. He's trying jam on his connectors. Yeah, his monitor stopped working on it. I think it's because he stored it in a slightly damp place, and when he turned it on, it shorted something. He should have tried it out, but never mind. Hopefully you got a fix, Ross Ross. Have you uh, tried Ross Ross's cheese? No, it's in the fridge. Let's just... Whoa, hold on a minute. Listeners, mm. Ross Ross works with on a goat farm and he makes some excellent Stickleton cheese. I've got it in my fridge. We're going to do a Stilton broccoli soup with it. 
Oh, oh, oh. I don't, I don't know how long it keeps for. I messaged him. It might be going out of date. No, no, it's fine. You it's already mouldy, isn't it? It's a green cheese. It's a mouldy cheese. It's fine. Ooh. Just keep on eating it, for goodness sake. Anyway, yeah, go on. Ben of Steel, 111,870. As with all shmups, I suck at this game. Weirdly, I found drinking near half a bottle of gin improved my game. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Another one of Ed's people, Anna, 119,650. Stacey King, the king. 122,800. Does this game have the best explosion sounds or what? Yes, they're pretty good. good. Is that kind of... Yeah, it's good. Steve Tyke, 131,980. I tried this one, I really did, but I can't even seem to get the swooping up and down the sides of the screens like other games right, as the tanks seem to get me all too often. Those tanks are pretty horrible, aren't they? They're big buggers. They're buggers. Paul McCaskey, 133,410. Excellent game this time, although tough. I can see myself playing this for years to come. Mm. Brian Haribo. Uh, 135,350. Uh, Woody, 140,800. Definitely my top 10 schmucks. Possibly top five. Great stuff. Ooh, Ian Cullen, 144,590. Giving up on this. I just can't get on with it. Just an average generic shooter with Ooh. nothing particularly memorable about it. No, Mr. Cullen, no. Paul Higgins, 170,530. This is definitely my best score on this one. I'm going to play more shrubs from now on. I really like this game, but the cheap deaths get the better of me every time. Good choice, Victor. Mr. 20 to 5, Neil, 189,720. First proper time to sit and play this. Level 2 boss is very frustrating. Yes, he is. Need to work on my scoring and bonuses. Would kill for a power-up pee symbol in a scoring game. Oh, I thought you said you'd get the toilet. Needed a pee. Mm, Sal Buglierussi. Didn't quite make his 200,000 he was aiming for. 190,010 points. How the hell are people getting over 200,000 in this game? I must have tried 40 or 50 times. I just can't crack 200,000. 192,340 from Tagster. He's saying tough game. He is very correct. This is my score. A modest ping. 202,950. My best score, which was a few weeks ago before that, was it 264,000 or 280,000? Don't know. Two, Just two, short two, of three hundred thousand, I think. So yeah, not bad for me. Chris Moon in Crestering of the Boot and Legging, two hundred eleven four ninety. Only got a few days to play this before holiday, but we'll try to improve his book. Buller, two hundred forty eight thousand two hundred seventy. Took rage quitting to new levels with this one. Even after discovering the easier ROM, can't beat the pinging second level boss. Bullets are too camo, and the red power up is rubbish. Oh. I always go for the red power-up. Do you? Yeah. I always go for the blue. No, I always go for red because it's more of a spread shot. It goes all over the screen. You can't miss with that. It's like hitting a barn door with a spade. <laughs> Do you know what um, Charlie Farr's tips are? Yeah. Shoots the red in face. Red shot through the level, blue shot on the enemies, the, the end-of-level end bosses. Yeah, but if you, you go down a few levels, though, don't you, when you get the blue one? I don't know if you go down or you just switch. I'm not sure. No, you go down one while you switch. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a bummer, that. Anyway, this is my score, 266,950. Well done. But if we, if we were playing your ROM, I would have got 310,000. So no, I'm not, I'm not sure. allowing that. I'm just going to keep it, 266,950. Did pretty well, anyway. Tactical yeah. Giles, 288,760. Only the second time I've managed to get past the level 2 boss in about 100 games. I like the game. Maybe could use a bit more variety of power-ups, as there's basically the good one and the other one. An auto fight to prevent arcade hand. 
But overall, <laughs> it's a thumbs up. Well, in Riding 2, they added the toothpaste later, which I really yeah. like. Mark Happy Dude, 298670. I think I may have worn out my Sanwa button. Hashtag arcade hand sucks. Oh, doesn't it just? Mark Bell. Belly, 311,010. I have to stop playing this before I give myself a heart attack. Always like the game, but I still think the sequel is the better game. Mm. I do. Ed Horse himself, well done, Ed. 316,800. Finally beat that second boss. The second boss is hard work. I've only done it a few times, and that's when I got my big score before we did the challenge. Mm-hmm. Simon Anderson, 329,270. Hi, first time submitting a score after a year of listening to your fine podcast. Great game. Enjoyed bettering my score. Those sneaky tanks on the sides caused a bit of grief. Yes, they oh, do. They do. They do. Getting some really good scores now. Matthew Bridge, 343,480. Another game I now love to 10 pence arcade. Mr. Troll Nads, 361,350. Good score. Riding is a lovely game, but 361,350 is about the best I can manage. It's pretty good. It is good. Another new player, Neo MK, 367,730. First time submission, no auto fire or save states. Great game that is difficult, but fair. Have to get the fairy on level one, which helps. More games like this, please. So was he using the fairy for the power-up save then? Sounds I think, like I think, it, doesn't it? I think a lot of the players were using the Tetris curtains. Like wow, was, a harder version. If anyone knows so? exactly what the deal is with the more difficult version, by next time we do the podcast, I will put my board on the harder level and see if it does it there, okay? Yeah. Sol. 428,090. It's good that I'm doing Souls one, isn't it? Because I can read out his comment. Go on, then. Riding. When the wife wonders why you come out to your office, your man cave clutching your wrist. (laughs) (laughs) A very good score from Mr. Silver Smurf and Nick. 429,310. Quite like the end of level Craftwork Ditty. Being on a fairy hunt, but only found blue Smurfs. He means them little dragons. Yes. (laughs) And guess who's at number one? Yeah. Mr. Farr, no. Mr. Charlie Farr. 821,900, nearly doubling everyone else's score. 821,940. Oh, yeah. Brutally hard. I'll not be one CNC in this one. Great game, though. Mm. Absolutely. Well done. Thank you, everyone, for playing. Right. Let's talk about... Oh, you've put some stuff in this. The summary and improvements of the game. <laughs> I agree with this comment from Hardcore Gaming 101, one of my favourite gaming sites. Mm-hmm. Raiden was nothing incredibly innovative for its time, nor was it flashy, colourful, or otherwise visually striking. Mm-hmm. That being said, it had a de- definite sense of refinement in its straightforward design and was everything a shooter but should be. Simple, fast-paced, full of large explosions. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right, and these next bit I've put, I don't like the power-up system where if you are unlucky, you can just keep swapping bullet types and never power up at all if you pick a red, a blue, a red, a blue, because it's hard to get. Yeah, it goes down one every time, so you're not actually gaining anything if you do that. Yeah, and the way they rotate in mid-screen is annoying because they don't drop down, they just rotate like in the middle of the screen, meaning you have to go up to collect the right colour, and if you the colour that you want is at the top of its rotational arc, you know, like at, at mm-hmm. say, 12 o'clock. I'm doing that, listeners. Look at me, move me on. Look, yeah, look, 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 doing yeah. like, just doing suds on, suds off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's at the top, so it's at 12 o'clock and you want to grab the blue, you've got to go rushing up the screen, and you're in the middle of all the firing, and you're very likely to get hit. They do scroll down after a bit of time as the screen scrolls. They do move down a little bit. 
I know what you mean, bit. though. It's, it's quite difficult getting the right one. And sometimes you get the wrong one. It's a right pain in the backside. It is. Mm. Um, I think the bonus point system is a brilliant idea. That's a great idea, that. Mm -hmm. And I still don't like that you can get killed after launching a bomb. It just, the bomb destroys the bullets in certain areas, but you, you still can get killed. It's not like, like, like on a, say, like in a cave game where it's like a, a wipe everything. You know, yeah, you've you got to be a bit careful still with that, yeah. Mm. And I've put, I've found this to be possibly the hardest shooter I have ever played. Really? You, yeah. You scroll the enemies on screen, and within a second, they are firing 100% accurate, very fast bullets at you. They will kill you immediately if you don't move. Unless there's you're no, any good. There's no giving it. So you have to keep moving, and even then, some of the planes swerve towards you when going off screen. Have you seen that? Do you know what? You're not quite right there. When mm. I noticed it today when I was playing it before the podcast, when the tanks come on screen, they don't they can fire at you straight away if their turrets are pointing at you, but when you move around the screen, their turrets follow you and they won't fire at you until they're actually aimed right at you and you stay still for a second. Yeah. But when they come on the screen, if you're very close to them, they'll shoot you with almost a point blank. Yeah. But if you're on top of them, right on top of them, they can't shoot you. Have you noticed that? Yeah. yeah. But if you're on top of one not shooting at you, there'll be about four more on the screen that will be shooting at you. So you can't really use that as a, as a trick. <laughs> and I've put also, your bullets are far too weak to start with. So this game suffers from a, top of the, uh, a touch of the gradiuses where it can be very hard to recover after dying. Yeah. If you, you got a pea shooter and then you just bombard it all from all sides when you respawn. Yeah. And in summary, in summary, Mr. Malland, I don't think this game is unfair. It's just incredibly hard. And try as I might, I just could not gel with it. It's a much better game with auto fire. I really enjoyed it with auto cheat fire. And get, cheat and get. It's, well, you just enjoy it. I've not put that score in. I think Raiden 2 and DX are better games. They're easier, definitely. And yeah, I, I like the Raiden. So. I like the Ride and Fighters series, although they are proper bullet hells. I know you're not into them, but mm -hmm. I was playing Ride and Fighters Jet a few hours ago, and that's really good. I really like that. Mm. I still think it's a tad too hard as well. As you said, and I totally agree with you, it's not unfair, but it's the difficulty. The way they've designed the levels is very clever and very difficult. They've not made it unfair or impossible, but they've made it very difficult. For instance, when you... Sometimes the tanks come out from like behind a, a hedge or, or a tree, or they come out of like a little underground bunker. You get one come out, you kill it, and then something across the other side of the screen will be shooting. You should go over there. While you go over there, another one will come out the same place as it come out of. So it's very rare one you sort of shoot something and say, "Right, I'm done with that part of the screen. I can go over here now," because another one will come out, but not straight away. So it's kind of fools you. So it's quite clever level direction, but in a difficult way. And sometimes you just get. Mm loads of the same things like like two tanks will come out of the underground bunker you shoot them and then another two will come out and then another two will come out when are they going to end they're going to keep mm. coming out so it is quite difficult they could have toned that down a little bit i reckon and it's yeah. going to be interesting when i actually go back to the game when i muck about with the the level settings i'll put it on easy and see if it's actually easier because it might be a more mm. enjoyable game being slightly easier mm. i don't know um but the tanks get pretty tiresome as they are armoured bats. <laughs> I did notice if you, as I said, if you hover above them, they can't shoot at you. Presumably, because they can't shoot directly above, like a real tank. You couldn't shoot right up in the air with a normal tank. You've got to do it as a trajectory. 
And the mid-sized enemies are just too much. Sometimes you get about seven coming one after the other. And if they scroll off the bottom of the screen, they will come back for another pass, still shooting mm-hmm. at you. It's like the, the, the big bombers in 1942. If you're at the very bottom of the screen, you don't notice because you're watching other stuff above the screen. They'll get you at the backside and you'll be yeah. killed from the bottom. Yeah, so I think, as you do, it's a bit too hard, but not unfair. Raiden 2 is a better game, but I think mm-hmm. it was improved from the first one. So maybe they took on people in the arcades, ideas and comments, and then they made it a little bit better with the added addition of the toothpaste laser, made it slightly easier. It's still a difficult game, I mm. reckon. And yeah, they sort of improved it. So that was a, actually a good sequel, which is rare, yeah. a lot of games. Mm. Cool. Nice one. Yeah, I think you've got to keep moving, keep moving and keep moving and clear the screen. Keep on moving, as- don't stop, don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Clear the screen of baddies as quick as you can because they soon mount up. It's, it's, for every shoot, you've got to do that, really. Apart from certain cave games where you need to keep baddies on your screen to get the multiplayer up. Which is far too difficult in a shooter, especially when stuff's going on. But when I watched oh, a YouTube yeah. person doing the three loops of this, I didn't watch all of it, but he wasn't getting the power-up straight away. He was actually making sure nothing was shooting at him when he safely went and got them, which I started to do, and it seemed a bit easy when you do that. Yeah. But sometimes when you see a weapon, you want to go and get it quick, especially if it's the right colour and it's changing colours all the time. You need to go and get the red one. See, you're on red, you want to get a red one. And by the time you do that, something shoots you. So you've got to be mm-hmm. really careful with it. Hmm. Yeah, I did struggle. I do like it, but I've I got 267 on the Tetris Curtains version. I've got 310, I think. It's very good score. Ver- I knew you did version- this one. On the version that you've got, yeah, and I got three fifty with auto fire, three forty, three fifty. Well, oh the, yeah, the guy I was watching play on the YouTube, which was doing the three. He had auto fire. Was, you can see it's a lot faster fire. Mm. Anyway, yeah, glad we did that. Mm. Next show's game. So, is this uh, a listener pick? It is, isn't it? It is. This is next show's game. I've forgotten the guy. The guy. At Revival a couple of weeks ago, he showed me a sheet of paper with loads of games on, and this was one of them, and we discussed it. Yes. And also, RGDS have really raved about this on their 19, Best Game of 1986 podcast. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do... This listener, please, get in touch with us. We're going to do Zaned Sleena. It's a weird name. Is it Zaned Sleena? Zaned Sleena? X-A-I-N, apostrophe D, S-L-E-E-N-A. Zaned Sleena. I think there's... Two of the, I think it's called Solar Warrior or something. There's two other names for it. Zane Sleena, I think, is the Japanese name. Okay. Well, we're going to do, yeah, Zane Sleena from Technos, licensed by Taito. The, the, it's World ROM. It's just X Sleena. X S L E E N A. Three lives, extra lives at 20k, 70k, and then every 70k afterwards. Difficulty is easy, slow. If you look in the, it's all default. So yeah, it's okay. slow timer and easy difficulty. I've heard of this game quite a few times, and I don't think I've mm. ever played it. I've only just played it for 10 minutes. It looks all right. Cool. Nice one. Submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10pscore, or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast posts, or you can email me or Sean. Uh, pictures, please, so we can see your scores. Deadline for score submissions is Sunday, the 17th of June, 5pm UK time. Right, that's it, kids. I am not going. None of us are going to play Expo, uh, play Expo Glasgow this year. Not but if you're far. going, if you're going, enjoy it. It's a really good event. 
get up there, get some gaming on you Scottish people, get your game on. And just before we go, right, 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 mm-hmm. I'm talking about this last night in the, in the Batcave, a question from Jake, who does the Maximum Power Up podcast. He says, <laughs> we're talking about this for an hour, honestly. That's about it, right for you lot. You're stuck in a prison cell for 20 years and allowed just one game to play. No online games, no massive multiplayer online games, or interaction with any other human. You can't play against another person. What game would you choose? So you couldn't... I was thinking, oh yeah, pick 1942, but 20 years, you'd be bored to death of that. Mm. So we talked for about an hour, and I was thinking, Minecraft you can pick Minecraft because technically it is a game and then you can build worlds in Minecraft mm. or a big open world game like Skyrim on loads to explore. Yeah. It's a difficult what? one, isn't it? I, I would, I would possibly say something that I, I want to do really well at like dig dug. I want to do the, uh, the kill screen on it, which is really hard. Or maybe donkey Kong. Cause that'd be a real challenge. 20 it's, years. Though. It's very similar. You know, those same levels that's time after time. But then again, like you were thinking, the Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch. Because you can go anywhere mm. in that game. It's a huge game. and there's, If you have expansions as well, there's more stuff to do. There's loads of stuff to find. It would take you years if you just wanted to do... Because on that game, you don't actually need to do specific things. You could just wander around, killing stuff, having a laugh, chucking bombs at things, building stuff. You can do all sorts in it. So maybe that. Or even mm. Mario. The Mario game on the Switch is like that. Sort of open-worldy. Loads of secrets yeah. to find on it as well, and difficult bits to do. Maybe something like that. Mm. Anyway, that's a, that's a question for you, kids. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which I'll be thinking about now. Thanks a lot, Sean. Right, I'm off to play Riding DX. Have a look at that. Uh, I'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thank you for talking to me, and thanks for listening, people. Thank you. Yes, thank you, kids. Goodbye. Bye. Download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 